Good morning. I'm Jamie from Stillmeyer Games, and I'm here as usual to share the next hour with you. Live casting, answering your questions, sharing some Stillmeyer Games news, and discussing some random topics. And I'll start off with today with my chocolate of the day because I don't want to forget because I tried something different this week and I want to hear your thoughts on it. And if you've tried it, I was in the mood for drinking chocolate, like kind of hot chocolate, hot cocoa, but much richer. It's something I had in France around 20 years ago. I haven't quite found a way to replicate it here in the U.S. I haven't found a place that sells it that way. And so I looked up a recipe for it, and I found that it's essentially just a chopped up chocolate bar uh, and, and some, some milk and a little bit of sugar. And I made it, and it was delicious. I combined a, a darker chocolate bar with a lighter chocolate bar, not too light, but semi-light. Chopped it up real good with an ulu knife and uh, and made some drinking chocolate, some really rich, delicious drinking chocolate. So that is my chocolate of the day, of the week, really, because it's it's so thick and rich. I made a lot of it, <laughs> and uh, I'm only drinking a little bit of the day, but every, every day. But let me know what your chocolate or treat or indulgence of the day is. It doesn't have to be something sweet or unhealthy. It can be anything that you are indulging in today, just a little bit. I'd love to hear your what, 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 uh, what you are doing today to treat yourself. Uh, Carlos says, I have some, some questions here. Already, Carlos says, I would love to see a game in a world where worms fans, dragons, and humans have a similar relationship as mechs and people in the 1920-plus world, which is really the world of worms fans. It's just that you don't really see the people all that much other than your little adventurer people. Carlos says, would you consider making a spinoff of a spinoff? Um, I, I guess we could consider it. I'm, I'm happy to consider most anything. Um, I don't know if we'll actually do it, but uh, but uh, I see what you're saying. Like a, a vision of the world where you see... Where, like in size, you see images of people interacting with mechs um, or people living their lives with mechs as an ordinary part of everyday life, which I think is part of the charm of Scythe. And uh, I, I like that aspect of, of, of Worms fan too. Thematically, you don't really get to see it that much in the game, but I like the aspect of it thematically for sure. Morning, Garrett, Dominic, Ian. Um, let's see. Ian says, uh, Does anyone else experience a big delay in the live stream actually showing up on YouTube. Jamie's always mid-sentence and talking about stuff already by the time it starts. Hmm, interesting. Obviously, I, I, I don't get to see the, the YouTube part, although I could watch the, the replay. Um, I'm curious to see where exactly it starts for YouTube. Maybe there is a slight delay. DD says, dark chocolate with heavy cream. Yeah, I didn't... I. I didn't use heavy cream. That was what some of the recommend the recipes recommended. I, I have had that, and it is rich and delicious and good. I used oat milk, which is my my milk of choice. And oat milk itself is not, is, I don't know if it's natural, but it, somewhat it, like it is a creamier, thick, creamier milk substitute. So I thought it worked pretty well. It did, it did work pretty well. Nathan said he's had a great gaming weekend, or he had a great gaming weekend playing Apiary, Wingspan, Wormspan, and Rolling Realms, plus 18 other games. That's a big gaming weekend, Nathan. And thank you for including some Stomar games in that. Hopefully you had fun with them. Um, Megan and I had had a weekend that started off with dueling games. Uh, actually, started even a little bit earlier than that. I played uh, with Garrett here. Garrett was uh, very generous to teach me how to play the game Altered on Board Game Arena. So I played that last week. And then Megan challenged me to games of Dice Throne, Marvel Dice Throne, and Star Wars, the deck building game. She won both of those games this weekend. And then I got out my new copy of The Seventh Citadel, and we played through the introductory scenario and had a lot of fun doing that. Stumbled a little bit with the rules, but once we got into the flow of the game, the rules did not get in the way at all, and we were able to really um, really enjoy the game and enjoy the rest of the, the introductory scenario, and I'm eager to see what happens next. Because the introductory scenario, while it is full of choices, um, it's... Uh, it, 
the world is very small in the introductory scenario and the world then gets really big after that scenario. It, it, it feels it feels like a really good tutorial, really, in, a, in like a video game where you start off very small and then you open the doors and you're like, oh, wow, that this is how big the world is. I already felt like I what I was doing was was pretty big. So I'm really excited to continue to explore that. That's the seventh Citadel is on our table right now is our campaign game that we're playing through. Garrett says uh, his treat of the day is a six pack of giant Oreo cupcakes from Costco. That sounds good. Julie has some Girl Scout cookies, Thin Mints and Tagalongs. You know, we have a few Girl Scout cookies too, Julie. Um, I, they're kind of like in the back of my drawer because I figured they'll last a while, but I, I should probably eat them while they're somewhat fresh too. Anthony had a great time playing Apiary with four players, uh, four total players. Um, he had a good experience. Thank you, Anthony. I'm glad you had a good experience with that. And Michelle said that she created a random tournament bracket for her Dice Throne games. Her husband and her have been enjoying the battles. Michelle, that's actually exactly what Megan and I did when we first got Marvel Dice Throne, because there's eight characters. And so we played, uh, we did matchups for all the characters. And one of the fun things that we did that I thought was uh, particularly enjoyable is that we weren't stuck with a character like i played loki in the first round and if loki won loki would advance but that doesn't that didn't necessarily mean that i played loki in the next round we might switch that up or we we, we did switch that up sometimes so that was a fun way to to play through the tournament matthew just played viticulture i hear a lot of people play in stonemaier games i i love uh i love hearing that simon has a nice compliment about joe's customer service joe and dave are customer service specialists here at stonemaier games and garrett just played harrow county um, and coincidentally, Garrett, I am playing Harrow County tomorrow with a friend. Friends bring it over and we're going to, we're going to give that a try. Sam from Everstone, who I'm, Sam was very kind to write a guest post for the blog that will be published tomorrow on the Stonemaier Games blog about his current campaign for Everstone. Stan, Sam says he has some, he had some leftover melting chocolate for Valentine's Day. So he's snacking on some white chocolate wafers. Those sound delicious. Fairly Odd Parent says, have I played Blueprints of Mad King Ludwig? I played a very early copy of it. I, I, a friend, I think, maybe had, I don't know how. It, we, a friend had a copy before it was published, and I played that copy. I think it was a print-and-play copy. That must have been it. Maybe they were doing playtest and print-and-play. So I have played it, but it's been a long time since I played it. Oddly, so I filmed my, my top 10 favorite games of all time um, yesterday. I do these videos every six months. and. It's, it was interesting to reflect on the games that I'm actually that I'm actually playing versus the games that I know that I love, but I'm not actually get, pursuing getting them to the table. And one that came to mind was um, Architect, uh, not Architects, but uh, Castles of Mike and Ludwig. I love the game. I have it on my shelf. I have the collector's edition on my shelf over here, but I rarely actually pull it out. And I don't know what that is. I'm trying to figure out what that means <laughs> to me, why, why I'm not getting some of my favorite games to the table. Um, but it also meant that there were a lot of, new favorite games that entered the list, games that I really enjoy and that I'm actively and eagerly getting to the table and have gotten to the table over the last six months or so. So I don't know if any of you have experienced anything like that. Do you, do you have games that conceptually you know are your favorite games and yet you are not actively playing them? And what does that what does that mean to you? Yeah, I'm, I'm working through that right now. Kevin says that he's looking forward to getting his Kickstarter copy of Seventh Citadel. Yeah, this was my my standard Kickstarter copy that I got of the game, and I uh, I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah, Megan and I are playing through it, and there's a lot to discover. We haven't started playing beyond the beyond the introductory scenario yet, but the core mechanisms really solid. Nice uh, 
changes to the seventh continent and that each character has their own deck and how that's connected to their health and and things like that so we're we're really enjoying it so far very much a, a great choose your own adventure game with uh, some fun mechanisms in there as well aaron was very kind to teach wormspan rolling realms and come sail away so two stonemaier games and a non-stonemaier game thank you for teaching those games aaron um garrett is talking about altered here I, I think altered or maybe hero county one of the two either way he says definitely recommend playing two to three games in a row if you can they got pretty quick and it's fun to see the small changes and additions from game to game but get the full experience might be talking about hero county there but garrett i also enjoyed um playing altered with you and i could see how that is also a quick game that you can play through multiple times with different characters and have a, a good experience with it scott says just got his copy of tapestry awesome scott and immediately ordered all the expansions and matt Cannot wait on an apiary expansion. So we do, we have hinted at an apiary expansion that is in the works. It's on our um, our progress chart on the news page of our website. I'm sorry, I'm doing the thing I always do where I'm answering questions but not showing them on the screen. Feel free to always remind me to ask me to, to, to do that. I, I just always forget, but thank you. Okay, Scott, I'm remembering now with your comment, put it on the screen for the apiary expansion. I, I haven't revealed really um, anything about it yet, just that we are actively working on it right now. Yeah. Simon says, call me crazy, but is there another version of Euphoria from a different publisher? You're not crazy. Um, there is a game called Leaders of Euphoria, which is a large group social deduction bluffing team style game, um, hidden team style game from the creators of Good Cop, Bad Cop. And it is kind of like Good Cop, Bad Cop, but with a completely new mechanism to it in that if you get kind of kicked out, you aren't out of the game. Instead, you join a new faction, the Wastelander faction. The long story short of this is that I thought that I wanted to publish this style of game. And so I reached out to a Brian who who made, who designed Good Cop, Bad Cop. Um, great guy, great designer, especially for that style of game. And I asked him if he would be interested in working with us to, uh, to create a game and we would publish it. But as time moved, it, it took a while in development. And as that development happened, I realized that it wasn't really... That style of game, not that specific game, but that style of game really wasn't the type of fit that I wanted for Stillmeyer Games. It wasn't, we, instead of having a diverse portfolio of games, we were going to focus on um, medium weight Euro games, basically, is something I realized during that time. And so I, um, I, I essentially said, Brian, why don't, why don't you publish this game? I, I like what you created. I, I, I'm excited about it. Um, why don't you run with it? And so he ran with it and published Leaders of Euphoria. I have a big deluxe edition on my shelf. I think they still have copies of that and maybe even copies of the um, of the standard version as well, if you're curious about it. It's a it's a really neat twist, I think, on a, a large group deduction style game, kind of in the Avalon Resistance style of games. Josh, I meant to, why? Okay, so I thought I so Joshua points out that on Facebook it says that I have big news, and it happened last week as well. Um, that this happened. Let me see if I can remove it. I don't know why I I checked the description this time and it didn't mention anything about big news. Um, and so I see over on look right now to see what the does uh, i can't see the description hmm i'll have to edit it after the video is over i'm sorry about that i it, this happened last week as well there is no special big news today 
and I, I kind of, I, I actually copied and pasted a, a description from several um, live casts to go to avoid accidentally copying big news into the the, uh, the headline. So sorry about that. There's there's no big news. It's just me hanging out with you today, uh, and I'm not sure why that's appearing. So I'm talking about games that I conceptually love, but don't actually always get to the table. Someone uh, says it's kind of like their favorite restaurants. I play my favorite games less frequently, so I don't get burned out on them. That's fair. I could see that. Maybe it is uh, that I want my favorite games to persist or subconsciously I want my favorite games to persist. I don't want to get um, burnt out on them. Uh, let's see. I, I have some some other comments here i'm looking for just scrolling through looking for questions right now um some people are relating to this topic in terms of yeah, here's paradise games tons of games we love and don't play often i think for us we like to play what our guests pick if we and if they ever pick them we'd gladly play i that makes sense to me too that resonates with me when i host game nights i i um i want to play what people are excited to play and i, I try to stay flexible like a game night last week there was uh, I, Concordia and Earth were on the table. We had two different tables, Concordia and Earth, and I really would have been a happy playing either of them. Um, and so I was kind of, I was the last person to decide. I, I was the floater, just wanted to make sure everyone was at the game they wanted to be at, and then I would play the other game. I ended up playing Concordia and had a great time. Red says, you mentioned rock climbing a few times in the past, which I love. That's great. I, I I do love rock climbing. I haven't been in a little while. It's been maybe four or five months since I last been. I mostly, uh, I I used to go once a week. Like I would kind of pick a day and I would go during the day when it was less busy. I would just go and kind of do a power workout. Really, I would go through and be there for thirty to forty five minutes, just climb up and down. Either use the auto belay or go with a friend and and uh, belay each other. Um, but I haven't been in a little while for no good reason other than it is a little bit of a time commitment because I have to drive 20 minutes to the gym and then I'm there for 45 minutes, then I can another drive back. Uh, if it was closer, I would get, definitely go more often, but I do enjoy it. My my outdoor activities, and this is indoor rock climbing, my main outdoor activity is still disc golf. That's been the case for the last few years. Ray has a, a related comment to this idea on the subject of why you don't necessarily get your favorites to the table. It's sort of like how the Lord of the Rings movies are among my favorites of all time. However, I don't watch them every year. I already know I love them, so, I'm, so I look to explore and only return to them when I feel I'm really missing them. I can relate to that too, Ray. Yeah, uh, both in terms of movies and um, and games that maybe, maybe, maybe it's okay that our favorite games don't always get to the table as often because you when when you when the moment is right, when you feel that you miss them or someone suggests someone else is excited to play them, then it feels really good to get them back to the table. I can definitely relate to that. Speaking of movies, we did watch some movies this past weekend. Three actually really solid movies. We started with a movie called Past Lives. That is, um, it's mostly in Korean. It's, 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 it's an American film, but it's mostly in Korean. And it's about uh, two characters who knew each other as, as kids as te young teenagers in Korea. And then one of them um, emigrated to the US and uh, how their relationship evolved over, over the years. I don't wanna say more than that, but that, that's the core construct of the movie. I really enjoyed that. Uh, we also then watched John Wick 4, a very different movie, but uh, a, a really intense, well-filmed, incredibly well-filmed um, action movie with a, a lot of violence, more violence than I would like to see in a movie, but I, I understand 
why it's, I mean, that is what John Wick is. And the cinematography was incredible in it. And then we watched a surprisingly good movie, one that I did not expect to be as good as it was. And it's called Orion in the Dark. And it's about fears. It's about, it's an animated film or a um, computer CGI animated film about a kid who has a lot of fears. And it's about digging into those into those fears in, in really, really interesting, creative ways. As someone who has all sorts of weird paranoias, I can definitely relate to this little kid in the movie. And I, I, I really, really enjoyed the movie. I'm curious if kids can handle it because it does seem like a movie geared towards kids a little bit, but also that adults can enjoy. But it, de it deals with some scary stuff. And so I'm, I'm curious if um, how kids can handle it. If any of you have kids and have watched this movie, it's on Netflix in the US called Orion in the Dark or Orion and the Dark. Um, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on it as, as adults or as adults who have kids. I don't have kids, so I just have, just have Walter. Um, Jerry is about to start a campaign of role-player adventures, one of my favorite games of all time. He says, were you using Nefro's Judgment 2? Uh, we did not use Nefro's Judgment. Uh, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts if you end up using it. I believe that is the one that goes deeper into each character's journey. In the more recent expansion, uh, it does add more character journey stuff just into the core, into the expansion, but into the core experience. So it isn't something ancillary that you have to deal with. Um, I'm curious what you think. I, I don't know if it it might add too much reading, uh, but the game because the game already has a fair amount of uh, reading out loud. But uh, but yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. We didn't play with it, and I still love the game, so I don't think it's necessary to uh, for the enjoyment of the game. Julie says usually games we don't get to the table but love are either longer or more complicated to set up. Yeah. Definitely relate to that. Weeknight gaming happens after 9 p.m., so games are shorter or less involved to set up, get played, uh, get played then. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I felt a little bit about this this past weekend. We were talking about games that games for Megan and I to play this past weekend. And Star Wars deck building, really easy to get to the table. Uh, Four Shuffle was one that we considered, very easy to get to the table. Marvel Dice Throne, open up and play, super easy to get to the table. So I think that is a great consideration for, for publishers to think about, including myself. Chad has a good example here of Star Wars Rebellion. It's hard to play because of the playtime, but uh, but when it, whenever he actually gets to the table, he's reaffirmed about how excited and how much he loves it. And Sam noticed something about this with uh, with big box games like Everdale Vindication. They haven't been tabled uh, when games have. Yeah, that's true. I, and I wonder if that is something about this copy. I so the the when I used to have access to the standard version of Castles of Magic and Ludwig, we got that to the table a lot. And now that I have the big fancy version, I've got it to, to the table a lot less. And I wonder if it is something about the, the production is intended to make it, I think, easier to set up and easier to get to the table. But um, like Sam says, all the extras have made it a little daunting to actually make that happen. Uh, your inner child says, are you and Megan going to see Dune, the new Dune, the second, the sequel, the second Dune movie in the theater? If so, which one? Um, we are going to see it in the theater and the theater that we generally go to, uh, we have to still decide what we're doing, but we generally enjoy going to the Alamo Draft House here in St. Louis. Lots of other good theaters here as well, but if we can align the, the viewing with a meal, it's really nice to get food while we're at the Alamo. Molly says, we have played a lot of Wingspan and Wormspan lately, a good amount of tapestry going through the revised sieves. 
Mostly we're working on play testing our own game after making big changes. That's fun. Good mix of uh, published games and play play testing your own game, Molly. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I hope you're hope you're still having fun with that play testing process as well. Amy says, "Do I attend conventions?" Captain Con would love to have you visit us sometime. Thank you for for asking about that and inviting me, Amy. I really appreciate that. I I don't attend many conventions. Um, not that I I don't like the experience, but my my favorite type of camp uh, convention that I found is where I can just go and play games for a few days, uh, and and casually too. Like I like Gen Con has the event system where you have to figure out exactly what you want to do in advance. I like Geekway to the West here in St. Louis, where I can just go and show up and play a bunch of games from their play in one section. I really, really enjoy that. Um, but I have not prioritized, as much as I enjoyed that, I have not prioritized that outside of St. Louis because it is a much bigger time commitment um, away from uh, you know my, my core responsibilities at Stonemaier Games. And so I have team members who do enjoy that part of their job. They've, they've found ways to incorporate conventions into their job more than I have. And uh, they are more likely to attend some of these conventions, including our convention coordinator, Dave. Um, so Amy, I think I mean, what I, the way I think about it is that someday I think I will probably have more time to attend conventions. I haven't felt that way or I haven't felt the desire to prioritize them for my personal time uh, yet. But I love people who run conventions. I love to support them through, if they have the play and win sections, through donations to their play and win sections. Um, but I don't, it's pretty rare that I attend them. Yeah. Jonathan says, maybe use the sticky note to remember to put up the comments. That's a good idea. Yeah, I do. I use the sticky note for the rest of my comments, but I, I forget to put a little note on there saying, pin the comments as I'm talking about, or pin the questions. Uh, Bridget says, I'm curious what Kickstarters or new games you're excited for in 2024. I'm personally, I personally have my eye on the Flow Kickstarter and I'm really looking forward to the launch next week. Right now, I think I'm just backing two Kickstarters. I'm backing Altered and I'm backing Everstone. And yeah, I think those are the only two that I'm actively backing that are, that are still live right now. I, I'm waiting on a, you know, a bunch of different, uh, Kickstarters and game found games. And, um, I don't know if I have any from Backer Kick coming. And I don't think I have any pre-ordered games from other directly from any publishers yet. Yeah, I don't think I have anything like that in the works right now. Um, but yeah, but I'm I'm very excited about Everstone and Altered. Ian says, are there any realms you think will work especially well with the Wormspan realm? That's a good question. I I I enjoy the randomness of rolling realms that you just get the three realms and maybe they work together, maybe they don't. So I I don't, I must say I don't. Think about it in terms of like what would pair well with this realm until I'm actually playing a, and I'm like, oh wow, this actually this pairs really well. I like to I like to solve the random puzzle. But I can say that next week I will be doing live plays with uh, with the three new realms here that we have. Hopefully, most people will receive them by then. Shipping is going pretty well for Wormspan. I think by the end of next week, everyone will have shipping notifications. Um, so. Pretty much by the end of February, maybe a few days into March, because uh, next week ends with March 2nd. So if you haven't gotten your shipping notification for Wormspan or Wormspan stuff, you should get it by the end of next week. And I'm trying to remember what I decided to do with these realms next week. If I'm Yeah, I think I'll do one per game instead of all three in one one game. One, one new realm per, per, uh, per round. Yeah, not per game. Kevin says, I know you said that you would never do another legacy game. I, I don't know if I quite said never. I'm saying it, it's not a pursuit of mine to do another legacy game. 
he says, but I was I was playing through Wormstand. I was thinking that it would be so cool to have persistent excavated caves and raising questing with families of dragons that you discover and raise. That would be that would be cool to like keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into the cave and to have some level of persistence there. Persistence is tough though when the you know the core feature of legacy is that it features permanent changes to the game and uh, it opens up so many different paths that are very difficult to design around and play test. Um, so I there are other systems that I think I'm more intrigued in. I, I'm exploring a, a non-legacy system that has a very strong sense of discovery in another game that I'm working on. So um, not dragon related, but but I'm glad you're enjoying the world of it. That's what's really important to me that I'm getting from your comment, Kevin, that you're enjoying the world of Wormstan so much that you want to see more in that world. And maybe that'll happen someday. Simon says, what board game universe do you think would make a great movie or TV show? I would love to get a TV show in the side or the Anachrony universe. I can see both of those being really cool. Jakob, I know, has over the years, I've gotten probably at least four dozen emails from producers over the years asking for the scythe rights for film or TV. And I, I actually don't have the scythe rights for movies and TV. I only have the tabletop rights. Uh, Jakob, the creator of the 1920 plus universe has those rights. And so I refer those producers to him. And I think, I, I know Jakob has been working with a producer. Um, I can't say who, I, I, I don't know the details. And I honestly just don't know the details, but I think there's a decent chance someday that we might get a side of the TV show completely separate from Stillmeyer Games, but uh, we, we at Stillmeyer Games will be incredibly happy. And I would personally love to watch it, whether it's a, a, an animated show, a live action show, a movie, any of those would be incredible. I'd love to see it. So we'll see if it happens someday. Um, let's see. Simon says, how many plays does it usually take you to decide if this game is not for me? Hmm. Usually one play, Simon. I, I do have a video. I can't remember if I released it or just filmed it and will release it in the future. But uh, I have a video about like games. Let's see if I've released it yet. Games that were that I didn't realize how much I love them until my second play. Yeah, here we go. I have it scheduled for March 17th right now. My top 10 favorite games that needed a second chance. So they're games where the first time I played them, I... I knew that they were good, but I couldn't, I wasn't ready to find the fun in them yet. I couldn't find the fun in them. And they needed a second play. And I'm glad I gave them that second play because I really love the 10 games on that list. However, for most games, I can tell pretty quickly if they're a game for me or not. Um, and it isn't a judgment against that designer, or the publisher. It isn't even entirely fair to them because a lot of games I think do get better upon that second play. But I have so many other games that I already know that I like and other games that I want to discover that uh, that if, I, if I'm if i pretty sure I, I don't, I'm not going to enjoy the second play any more than the first, then I'm probably not going to return to it. Yeah. Michelle says that she runs a boarding club for her students after school. That's awesome, Michelle. This week's featured games are rolling rights. What are your favorites, especially for new players? Any updates to your previous top 10? I'd have to go back and look at my list, Michelle, to see what some of my favorites are off the top of my head. But Rolling Realms, obviously up there. Rolling Realms is is everything I want a roll and write game to be. And um, and I think it's actually great for the classroom too. You can, if you want the kids to venture into game design a little bit, you could recommend that they take a game that they love, that already published game and design a realm for it. Uh, distill that game down to, you know, a few simple mechanisms for rolling realms. It's very easy to play test. 
and uh, very easy to create. I've, I've heard of some teachers doing that with Rolling Realms, which I think is great. I'm happy to, to share additional copies with you and your, your uh, after-school students if that would help them as well. Some other Rolling Realm games that I like, I'll look over at my shelf over here. I often pour, pull On Tour off the shelf. I really enjoy On Tour. Um, Welcome to is one that I enjoy. I wouldn't say I get that off the, 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 um, the shelf as much as, as On Tour. Is that the only? Yeah, I, I have my, my shelf of like smaller games that have a lot of rolling rights are behind me. They're behind a wall right here. So I can't look at them right now to see. What are some of my other favorites? Yeah, I'll just have to go with On Tour right now. That's, that's the main one coming to mind. But I know there are more. I, I just don't have my, my top 10 list handy right now. Garrett says he read my blog about the show, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, a show that we just finished on Amazon Prime. And I was completely caught off guard by how what the show is, because it is not what I expected it to be and how good it is. Uh, so, Garrett, I, I hope you enjoy the, the, the show. For anyone else who wants to know the context of what I'm talking about, basically, you know, there, there is the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie. And this the show is somewhat related to that, except in that movie, Kind of the core hook of it at the very beginning, at least with like the first third of the movie, is that it's a married couple and they don't know that the other person is a spy or a secret agent. They don't know that. So they have this whole marriage that is, uh, they've omitted a huge part of their, of honesty to each other um, as as part of the the, the hook of this, this movie. The show gets rid of that idea completely. Instead, it's about two people who sign up to be spies or secret agents for an organization that they don't even know what the organization is. And part of the sign-up process is that they have to get married to another new spy. So they know from the very beginning that the two of them are working for the same company as spies, and they are navigating that odd experience of working for a company that they don't know what the company is, what the company does, and the fact that they are married, even though they never met before that. Um, before this, before signing up to work for this company, which I think is a much better hook or much, not better. I don't want to put class judgment on the movie, but it is, uh, I found it much more compelling and it made me want to watch every episode and see how that, that relationship evolved over time. Anyway, I really, really like the show. We're also watching right now, we're watching the show Ghosted as our lunch show. It's a one season show that is surprisingly funny. Like I, I don't, I, it's really unfortunate the show doesn't appear to have been renewed after its first season. But uh, the show Ghosted, just a half, little half-hour comedy, kind of like, I think it has a little bit of the X-Files in it, but in a half-hour comedy. And at night, we're watching Traders Season 2. So if you like large group bluffing deduction games, kind of like uh, Leaders of Euphoria, which I was talking about earlier, that's this in a TV show form on Peacock here in the U.S. And we're really, well, I'm really enjoying that. Megan is putting up with it. <laughs> but I, I really like that type of show. Uh, Julio says, um, what are your thoughts, examples of fun first player selection? Ooh, so I, I, so I really like when games do a fun for play, first player selection thing, like the last player to visit this place or the last player to eat a bar of chocolate. I like that sort of thing. Uh, I think I have a video about a few of these. Um, there was a good one in a game about snow dog racing that I thought was really, really clever. But I will say, I really like when games have that, but they also say, or you can just randomize it. So you can, based on the group, you can just randomize it, or you can go with that, whatever the uh, the first player selection was. Um, yeah, that's a fun question. If anyone can think of one offhand that, that, that you really enjoy, let me know. 
Ray recommends the movie The Quiet Girl, 2022's best international feature film at the Oscars. Beautiful story with subtle performances and cinematography and an outstanding debut for a very young actress. The Quiet Girl? Yeah, I, I know, know nothing about this one, Ray, but I'll have to check that out. Thank you for the recommendation. Trying to see if I have any other things, any content that I'm consuming. I'm a little behind on comments. Let me check, check uh, catch up on questions. Um, and okay, Paul, maybe so. Paul's pointed out the, this weird description thing. So, Paul, I will thank you for that. I, I will maybe, maybe I copied and pasted the wrong description again. Uh, if so, that's that's definitely on me. Sorry about that. David's pondering this thing about uh, conceptually loving a game, but not actually playing it all that often. He says, I also wonder if some of my less played favorites would fall in my rating if we played them more. Like, I'd be satiated with them instead of eager for the rare times we do play them. That's interesting, David. I can definitely see that. It's like uh, it's like watching a movie that you loved as a kid, but as an adult, and seeing all the blemishes that are there. Uh, sometimes it's nice just to look back on it and be like, I love this movie. I don't want to ruin the reasons that I love this movie by looking at it through my cynical adult eyes. Uh, so I asked about Orion in the Dark. And Valerie says it's not for small children, but it's fine for preteens in her opinion. But then again, her 10 years old, 10 year old daughter watches Stranger Things. And I'm sure people would throw the rock at me for that. Um, and she just watched Ex Machina again. I've heard the director of Ex Machina has a new movie coming out called Civil War that looks timely um and intense I'm, I'm very curious about that he's a, i think he's a great director peter has some comments about colorblindness in apiary or colorblind issues in apiary which we did test for colorblindness but um i i peter's experience is valid he says the hibernation tokens it's so hard to see the difference between the green red and yellow tokens it's easier to see the difference for the actual workers because the colors are clear any thoughts on updating the design on the hibernation tokens to make it more accessible for colorblind persons you know, Peter, we um, we tried our uh, we we that's something that we actually revised at the pre-production stage to make it clear in the final version. But uh, I think what we could do um, is add dots on it, add, add some sort of uh, dual coding on it. Um, I'm trying to remember right now offhand if the design of those hibernation tokens are different and I can't remember. So let me pull up, I'll, I'll pull up uh, the apiary files real quick to see if the hibernation tokens are different at all, if they're different designs, a different art for each of the hibernation tokens. Let's see, here we go. Here are the hibernation tokens. No, they're pretty much, they're, they're the same. Um, or at least, well, no, they are they are slightly different, but it's it's pretty hard to tell how they're, that they're different. So we could probably add a dual coding element to it to um, to help differentiate them better. We definitely could do that. Yeah, thank you for that feedback, Peter. I appreciate that. We're always looking to improve the accessibility, <clears throat> particularly the vision accessibility for our games. Um. It's, Synonym says, am I excited for Star Wars Unlimited? I'm curious, at least. I love Star Wars. I'm curious. I, I love Star Wars, the deck building game so much that I, like, that is satisfying my dueling Star Wars uh, desires. 
but I'm curious. I'm certainly going to try it and play it and see how it is. So is it is it being released soon? Is it coming out soon? I've seen. I feel like I've seen a little bit of increased press about it recently, but um, yeah, I don't. I don't know the actual retail release date. Do you think they will want to play? Do you think you will want to play the Cosmic Encounter Maker's Dune, a revised version slated for 2025 on GameFound? Interesting. Um, kind of like Star Wars Unlimited. I, I'm curious to try it at least. Yeah, I'll definitely play. I'll play pretty much anything once. Wes says, what are those cards in the frame behind you? This is Smitten. This is uh, our little two-player cooperative game, or one to two-player cooperative game, Smitten. And this is the cards form a panorama. So um, this is something we made for the 10th anniversary of Stillmire Games. And my coworkers put together this nice framed version of that image for me. Yeah. Nathan says, his partner and him have been doing a Stillmire February. That's awesome, Nathan. It's fun to see the mechanical motives that motives that shine through. Are there designers you could identify just by the feel of the gameplay? Probably. Yeah, I think I could I could see Ryan Lockett um, through his gameplay. I think I could see Uwe Rosenberg through his gameplay. Uh, Shem Phillips, maybe through his gameplay. Yeah, I think some of them. I, I think it, it would I, it would be, a, if for a true blind test, it would have to not have the art that I also associate with those games. But uh, But I think I probably could, yeah. See, Garrett says the next all play game is on board game arena right now art by Andrew Bosley and the gameplay looks pretty smooth. Uh, what uh, what game is that Garrett is that I think uh, yeah what, what what game is that? Let's see uh, Kevin says will you make a my little expeditions just for giggles? Making any game is is I, I wouldn't say I make any game just for giggles a any game takes so much time I, I wouldn't do it just for that. Um, I don't know. I, we 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 don't have any other my little type games in the works. Um, I think one of the problems, not problem with my little side, but it it looks like a kids game, and it is a game that kids can play. But we made it for families, um, and I I think the perception about the game is that it isn't for families; it's just for kids. And so I don't really I I. For that reason, like, and we're not a company that specializes in making games for kids. I'm happy to make games for families, but and for a broad range of people, but not games that are perceived as just being for kids. So, I think that's one of the reasons that I've stayed away from pursuing any other games that are like my first My Little Games, um, because of the perception that they're just for one specific demographic, while the intention is for them to be available to a much broader range of people. Yeah. Anne is excited about the Libertalia promo pack. Uh, we're excited for it. Libertalia is our favorite game. Oh, I love to hear that, Anne. Um, I will say that it is it is a small thing. It is a very small addition to the game. Uh, so keep your expect expectations low for it. And I think we're looking uh, to release it sometime in the spring on our web store. So uh, along with a few other things, because it's so small that I... I think people might want to add other things to their order. Unfortunately, we won't have things like the upgrade pack for the for Warbus fan back in stock by that point. But um, yeah, but uh, yeah, probably sometime this spring we will have that available. Uh, let's see. Just I'm looking through questions here. Uh, I'm reading right now two things I've read recently. One, I read the book Unreasonable Hospitality. I listened to it on Spotify really while I was working out over the course of a few weeks. 
And then I did a blog post about it on Monday. Really enjoyed that book. Highly recommend it if you're if you think about customer service. And I'm reading right now the book Bear Town, which is the first in a trilogy about a hockey town in some place. I don't the book talks about Canada a lot, but I don't think it's actually in Canada. I'm not exactly sure where the book is set. But uh, I'm really enjoying Bear Town too. I have one question of the day for you, but I'll wait a minute until I get through your questions. Um, Oh, Chad says that the last Airbender live action show drops on Netflix tomorrow. He says, what elements would you want to be able to bend? Which Avatar animal companion would you want? It's been a little while since I've watched the animated show, so I don't know if I'll remember all of these perfectly. Um, probably wind. I like the idea of hovering controllably or, you know, a little bit of self-propelled flight. I like that. Um which avatar animal companions? I don't remember any of the animal companions. I remember Appa, of course. I'd go with Appa. I mean, Appa seems so friendly and squishy and playful, and he can let me fly anywhere. So, yeah, let's go with Appa. So, now, uh, Julie mentions the hibernation tokens as well. I'll see if it isn't too late to change the apiary reprint, but it, it, it might be. Uh, Jerry says, if Elizabeth ever revisits Asia in a mini expansion, some more end of round goals for duet mode would be awesome. That's an interesting question. I don't think we'd ever do an expansion for an expansion, but it is possible that we might include more um, duet goal tiles in a regular expansion and just say, hey, like if you don't have Wingspan Asia, just ignore these four tiles, that sort of thing. So I, I could definitely see that happening at some point. Justin says, what are the Stolmeyer games, Stolmeyer games plans for Gen Con? Let's look to see what we have on our website. I, I am very detached from Gen Con. That is not part of what I focus on at Stolmeyer Games. So I'm going to pull up the website over here so you can see. Let's see if I can pull up the right screen. Here we go. Benson Conventions. We will be at Gen Con uh, August 1st through 4th. You can sign up to join our demo team. So I'm. Uh, I'm, I, as far as I know, similar to previous in the last few years, uh, Worm, uh, not Wormspan, Meeplesource will have a big booth at Gen Con in partnership with Stonemaier Games, a shared booth for Meeplesource and Stonemaier Games. And I think maybe we'll have a separate smaller space that's for, maybe for, I don't know. I, there was some other reason that we thought about having a separate smaller space where people could go just for Stonemaier stuff or for teaching, for learning some of our games. So obviously this is not my area of expertise. It's, uh, it is uh, Dave's uh, area. Um, and stay tuned on the events and conventions page of our website, which is under news, if you want to see more information. And if you want to sign up to join our demo team, the link is right over there as well. Nate says he's also enjoying the Traders season two. Oh, and it, it said, they, I was thinking the same thing. He says, I would really love a hypothetical season played by people in the board game hobby. I think there'd be some fun strategies that emerge. Yeah. So in the traders, everyone's from reality TV, either reality TV competitions, which is fun for me as a survivor fan to see some of those people appear. And also like uh, the type of reality TV show that I don't connect with at all, like the Real Housewives. Um, I'd love to see gaming, entertaining gaming content creators or people who are just really good at these bluffing style games and who are also very entertaining from the board game world beyond the show. 
I, I think it would be a tough sell for producers to sign up for that, sign up for these people that no one's heard of until they actually look at, you know, their, their stats on YouTube and things like that to see how many followers they have. Um, but I think if they tried it, I think they would find that it creates an incredible show as a result. Uh, so I would, I would love to see that too. Absolutely. Jan Williams says, uh, one of the differences in the, in, in, with Wingspan that I had not registered thus far is that there's no Wormspan on the cards. They kind of leave that out on purpose. It actually is on there. The size of the dragons is on the card. So we went with a size uh, of small, medium, large, or hatchling rather than a measurement. Uh, so kind of size categories rather than a measurement. We talked about it. We talked about the pros and cons of putting a size, but the idea is that the dragons are huge variations in size. Some are, or many of them are just the size of little birds. Many of them are much bigger. And so do you do all meters? Do you do all centimeters? Do you do a mix of the two? We thought it was simpler just to put a size on their small, medium, large. That is their worm span. Ian says, do you think the Libertalia promo pack will be released around the same time as future Rolling Realms if the normal timing of the promo realms is kept? Uh, I'll just say right now, Ian, that we're looking, because the promo pack for Libertalia is fairly small, we're looking to accompany it with other things um, so that uh, so that you can get multiple things in your order at the same time to consolidate shipping. Yeah. Julie says, Beartown is in Sweden. Okay, that makes sense. Just like the the authors, uh, I, I raved about Anxious People, the TV show Anxious People, which is from the same author, which is in Sweden as well. Red says, the oldest of our games are still being printed. That's right. Viticulture, Euphoria. How do you decide when to completely stop printing a game? Really, it's when we when we stop getting people asking us to make the game. Uh, we have to, a minimum order quantity for us is 1,500 units. So if we don't think that we can sell 1,500 units of a game, we stop, we stop making it. But uh, our philosophy is if people want us to make something and people, people includes people like you, it includes retailers, it includes distributors. Um, if, if people want it, enough people want it, we will, we will make it um, for, we will reprint it. I guess is a, is a better way to say it. Yeah. Oh, and David points out that him, so David is Connie's partner. Connie is the, the mastermind behind Apiary and Wormspan. He says, Connie and him will be at Gen Con and doing some demos at the, at the Meeple Source Stillmeyer booth of, of Connie's games. That's awesome, David. Thank you for doing that. David has been a huge help in terms of answering questions about uh, both of these games online. You've probably seen him do that in the Wormspan and Apiary Facebook groups and on Board Game Geek. Chat says, what would hook me faster? A unique theme, a unique mechanism, or a unique component? For me, it would be a unique mechanism, but those other things do hook me as well. Um, a unique theme would intrigue me. A unique mechanism would get me excited. And a unique component, probably the lowest on that list, but still important to me, um, would, yeah, that, yeah, I would say that's the ranking. Mechanism, theme, then component. Yeah, good question. I like that. Monkey Butler says, it would be really nice to be able to view your own order history when logged into the store. Yeah, I guess, does our web store not show you your order history? I'll, I'll pull mine up to see that. I think this is something we've talked about a little bit, and I think you're right that it doesn't, it doesn't do that. All right, let me remember how to log in. Here we go, log in. I think I should have an order history. Oh no, I do have an order history. Maybe it's just because I'm a champion, but uh, I 
when I log into the web store, I do have an order history. It isn't, I can't easily view what I bought. I have to click through to see what those orders are, but it is, it is there at least for me on the website. Yeah. Uh, Tim mentioned, sorry, Tim, I missed this comment before. You should check out House of Ninjas on Netflix. House of Ninjas. Cool. House of Ninjas. Yeah, thank you for the recommendation. And I need to write down the quiet girl as well. Quiet girl. I think Ray recommended that earlier. David says, not all dragons have wings. Ah, uh, good, another good point, David. So Connie would have had to come up with a different measure to be consistent. Great. Excellent point there. You're right. Oh, John says that the UK traders are not reality stars. That's cool. Okay, I'll have to find a way to get the UK season of the traders. Because I would love to see just, you know, tabletop gamers who are good at that style of game and are also entertaining on the show. That's awesome. Chat says, do you ever log onto a live, live stream and just don't say anything in the chat so you don't move the, the streamer's attention to you? <laughs> Sometimes I, I do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If I see if uh, that a streamer is streaming one of our games, Sometimes I'll just pop in and watch for a few minutes. Sometimes I will also say, like, thank you for playing. But usually I'm not, like, I, I'm just popping in. Um, I'm not looking to hang out for all that long because I, you know, I have other stuff that I want to do. But sometimes I'll also put it up. I have two screens. Sometimes I'll leave it up on one screen and I'll listen to it while I'm doing something else. Ashton says, is there a future expansion for expeditions? Yeah, if you check out our progress chart here, I'll, a, people, a few people ask about progress charts. So I will bring that up on our website so you can see what our progress chart looks like right now. So here is, here's our website. I'll make it a little bit bigger. There we go. And if we go to news, if you click on news, you'll also see this if you get our newsletter. But if you go to news, you can scroll down and see what we're working on. So you can see the tapestry revised sieves. I, I'll, I'll change this to the next update. So they're, they're fulfilled. Um, I'll probably mark off wingspan is fully fulfilled on the next update. Then we have Libertaria promo pack. Expeditions Expansion 1, so that's coming soon, too, after the Libertarian promo pack. Rolling Realms Redux and a bunch of code names. Then you can see Apiary Expansion and Wingspan Expansion. So that's all the stuff that we've announced that is in progress right now. Yeah. Uh, Heather says, we're really enjoying playing Wormspan. I'm really happy to hear that, Heather. I love all the attention to the detail of the Dragon Book, and I love the more rewarding feel of the game. Uh, that's that's awesome. I'm I'm so happy to hear that, Heather. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Garrett said, "Did I mention the other question of the day?" No, I did forget. Uh, so quick, for the last like five or so minutes, um, the question that so I read an article the other day from someone who is doing a really good job at TikTok marketing, TikTok advertising, and TikTok videos, and it's it's a realm that I have not ventured into. I don't pay attention to TikTok. It is I. My social media, if I'm going to scroll through social media, it's going to be on Instagram. Um, I barely pay attention to TikTok at all. I think we have a Stumbler Games account, but I don't really use it for anything. Um, but I'm curious what you all think of TikTok. Do you, do you get any value from board game content on TikTok? And what type of value, what type of content do you get value from? And have you ever bought anything after watching someone talk about it on TikTok in any form of TikTok video? Um, 
the article I read, I'm forgetting the person who wrote, it was on Board Game Wire. It was an interview discussion with someone who has done a great job with TikTok for a few different companies. And I was really impressed. And the way they talked about it, it didn't come across as gimmicky or like bothersome advertising. It sounded like that that uh, that she was creating some content that people were really genuinely enjoying and that the um, the sales results were very good for the companies that she was working on. So it's been on my mind a little bit. And so I'm curious what you all think about TikTok as it relates to tabletop game content. Yeah. Sean said he played Wormstand last night for the first time, and he had a lot of fun as well. I'm really happy to hear that, Sean. Thank you for sharing. And Chad asked about the chocolate of the day, which is I recently made drinking chocolate by cutting up some chocolate bars, melting them into oat milk and a little bit of brown sugar and uh, a, a dash of vanilla. And I've been drinking it all week in small doses because it's essentially like drinking a really rich chocolate bar. And it's been very, very tasty. Rocky says, TikTok is a rabbit hole, but I commend the folks behind the TikTok board games account for great quick game features. TikTok board games. That's great. Uh, there is one, you know, this reminded me, there actually is one TikTok creator that I sent a few games to, uh, to create some content for them. And I need to, I need to follow up with them to see how that's going. <laughs> Monkey Butler says that TikTok immensely lowers my hope for humanity. Why is that? Could you be more descriptive? I, I, I understand the joke. I understand the perception, but, uh, for tabletop games specifically, the, does TikTok content about tabletop games lower your hope for humanity? Corey says that board game TikTok is an amazing community that supports each other so hard. And just a, I, I'm a little bit ignorant here. Is this a is board game TikTok someone that you're following, or is it like how 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 are you how do you become part of the TikTok board gaming community um, other than just signing up for TikTok? Are you following a hashtag? Is it a, is it a group you can join within TikTok? I know very little about TikTok. Rocky says he's been tempted by th some third-party inserts that have been heavily featured by certain TikTok creators. So accessories are, are appealing to you on, on TikTok. Uh, Luke says that he used to have it, but he kept getting right-wing accounts in his feed. So I left it. Yeah, that, that is an odd thing. When I sign on, when I when I sign on to TikTok on the Stillmire Games account, I, do I even have the app? I might have the app on my phone. I don't know. But when I get on it, there's a lot of stuff there that I just don't want to see. Like I don't want my eyes to see the things that that TikTok is showing me. Um, and I don't know how to, I guess maybe I need to engage with the algorithm a little bit more to show TikTok what I am interested in seeing and maybe that will help, but I haven't put in the time to do that. Tyler likes uh, Grant Game Rex, Grant's Game Rex. I follow Grant on, on YouTube, but I, I, I uh, and I've heard, I, I've heard good things about him on TikTok, but I haven't followed him there that I know of. Jeff says that they like the shorts on YouTube for bite-sized news nuggets or highlights from comedy sketches. I haven't really gotten as much into that. And I see what you're saying. Like, I, I do see them show up on my YouTube feed. Um, the one little problem I have with them, and I don't, I, I think it's because I use it on the computer, is that I want to be able to see how long the video is. I, I really like having a progress bar. And they, it doesn't show, at least on my computer, for those uh, for YouTube shorts. Oh, Heather is okay. Awesome, Heather. I, I'm glad you're here. As someone who makes content for TikTok, I feel like the genuine feel. I, I like the genuine feel of the interactions. I feel like it rewards authenticity more than sales content. I feel like due to short attention span, it helps me make content that's more to the point and delivers the info of the games more creatively, but also efficiently. That's awesome. Um, 
Heather, what's your, if you don't mind sharing, do you have a, uh, a TikTok uh, a name or tag that people could, could follow? Um, feel free to mention it here and I'll, I'll check it out too, because I, I want to learn what makes effective TikTok content that adds value to people. That's, I guess that's the key point. If, it, if it's adding value to some people, I would like to, to do a better job of, of finding that and making that. Adam says, TikTok is a dopamine, extremely quick content. I've not found it valuable enough to swing me to purchase anything from it alone. However, it may lead him to, you, to YouTube, find playthroughs and reviews. So it's a stepping stone into more content. Cactus says, have I seen the new disc golf game on Kickstarter? It's called Upshot. I have not seen that. No, I need to check that out. Dominic says, his experience with the, is that the TikTok algorithm gives for you videos based on your followers and watch history. Okay, so... I think Stillmire Games account has some followers, even though we don't have any content there. Um, but also, it doesn't have any watch history for me because I've used it so little. So Corey says, so think of any topic TikTok when referring to it. So like board game TikTok is just the collective of the content creators. TikTok is very good at, at um, tiger team you for your page to, to stuff you're actually targeting you for your stuff that you're actually interested in. Saw the word tag and I was like, okay, yeah, I know tag in relation to social media, but I, yeah. Um, Dominic says you can also have a feed of creators that you follow. Yeah, that that that's the feed that I want to cater and cultivate, but I I don't I don't even know who to follow on TikTok. And Monkey Butler says it's platform specific. All these platforms that allow people to uh, receive praise for very often horrible behaviors and self glorification. Those aren't expanding humanity; they're eroding society. I I understand what you're getting at there. That. Um, in fact, even on Instagram, if I go to like, if I do the, the search on Instagram, uh, there's some videos of people getting hurt playing sports. And I just don't want to see that. I don't want to see people get hurt. And I don't know why Instagram thinks that I'm interested in that. And I, I've tried to, like, I've gotten it out of the feed for the most part by just not engaging with it, obviously. But in, be, for some reason, Instagram put it there in the feed. And I, I just don't want to, I don't want to see that. I, I want to tell Instagram, don't show me this. And... Yeah, and don't promote this. Like, why, why? Why would you promote videos of people getting hurt? I don't. I don't get that. Board gaming mama is Heather's TikTok cha channel. Board gaming, gaming mama, and also Grant's game Rex. Awesome. Thank you, Heather. Um, and anyone else who wants to share your. Um, your, your TikTok tag. If it's if it's uh, board game related, feel free to do so in the comments here. One of the last few comments of today, let's see. Oh, Heather, I miss Heather. Heather says, I also have seen really good responses from utilizing TikTok live too, because people watch that. A lot of people watch that. So I'll play games live with people and try to pick games that are also interactive because people love engaging on TikTok. That's cool. I, I love seeing great engagement. I've seen that on Instagram too. I, I, that's fantastic. Rocky says, I'd echo that thought. TikTok has been great for, for game discovery or drawing my attention to stuff that I may not have heard of on my own and interesting stuff sends me to YouTube for longer content. And Chad says, it might be worth looking into the difference between US TikTok versus China's. It's very interesting. I have heard there's uh, some, I, I need to dig more deep into that um, to learn more. So thank you, Chad, for recommending that. Thank you all for answering this last minute question of the day and for hanging out today. I love hearing your thoughts on a variety of topics and your feedback, colorblind feedback. Always helpful to hear, always good to hear. Uh, good to hear when we do it right, but also good to hear it areas of improvement. I, I love to hear both. Have a great day. Have a great week. And I will see you next Wednesday. Take care. Bye.